If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bother you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Film Drifters. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is, of course, Will. Well, hello, everybody. Today we will be reviewing the films Mortal Kombat as well as Without Remorse, and we'll also be going through uh, the Oscars. We'll be talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, talking about the winners as well as the losers, and joining us once again in this episode is our dear friend of the pod, Mr. John Park. Yanni Welcome back. Park. What's good? Is it Jan or John? Uh, Yanni. Depends on what, what country you're in. <laughs> That's true. Jan. Jan. Johan. Johan. Yeah. Johan Park. Yeah. No, we know Johan actually. Jean. Jean. Jan. 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 <laughs> Good to have you. How yeah, you that drink I made you? It's, it's a little salty. salty. Wow. Yeah. Like your Just like my comments. So we'll, comments? Uh, we're re- uh, recording this live and uh, Will showed up at my house with literally an entire mini bar in a bag and he made us a drink and it's a little salty, just <sighs> like Will's personality. You like it though. Yes. Y'all salty. Used to it. Salty like a guy that hasn't showered in two weeks. Trust me, I know. I've been there. <laughs> I don't. That, that's so, that's uh, my life lately. I don't think that's with, me. With, this with episode, I can already tell, is going to be off the cuff. Yeah, this, it, this episode is brought to you by Myron cup. Salty. Yeah, my, Myron Salty <laughs> body. After <laughs> four days of not showering. Yes. No, it's getting hot. Generally. It's it's it's, it's a common hot. thing once you're uh, once you have kids and mm. uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, we're doing great. I, John's doing great. I'm doing yeah. great. Are you doing great? <laughs> Going back to the not showering thing. <laughs> yeah. it, it, that's what it just happens. Not, now I feel like I have to explain myself here. Uh, we're in quarantine. It's a pandemic. We're uh, in, we have we're a in newborn. The again. Yeah, we're in the, the garage. The, the, the dungeon. My family. wife said, if you're going to record, go outside. You're going to wake the kids up. So, yeah, we're out in the garage. <laughs> there it is, people. I love this garage, yeah. though. Yeah. All righty. So that's our small talk. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to hear that. Um, before we get started with our movie reviews, let's start with our rundown on the latest in entertainment news. There's one thing that I want to talk about with you all, and that is the Oscars. Mm. Um, Steven Soderbergh directed it. Uh, he shot it very differently. So normally, you know, for a, a, a telecast, you would shoot in 30 frames. He wanted this to look and feel like a movie, shot the whole thing in 24 frames. Um, and he shot it, you know, obviously there was a, a 2.35 to 1 widescreen format that we saw the award show in. Uh, I want to ask you guys, first off, did you guys like it? Did you guys not? Was it distracting? Was it actually better for the show? Um, honestly, I didn't see all of it. I saw most of it. I was just bored because there was no like performances. Mm. I just didn't like more than the frame rate. It was just the, I guess how they broke down the show. Just yeah. a regular. Like, it's very disjointed. I mean, I, mean, I love uh, Questlove just as much as anybody, yeah. any Roots fan. But like, it's it's kind of it was this gimmicky thing. It felt yeah. very gimmicky. And Oscars, I, I like the regal aspect, yeah. like this prestigious thing. Yeah, very. We're true. almost like. It's kind of pretentious, you know? Yeah. But it's okay because it's freaking Oscars. Yeah, I get and it. I yeah. kind of like that. And yeah. um, I don't know. I didn't like it. It was yeah. like this. In that, that little like game they played. I mean, Glenn Close, like twerking or whatever was cool, but. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Glenn Close or Mel Streep? Or, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So, I, was, yeah. uh, I mean, one of the things that Steven Soderbergh said is he wanted the show to focus on the actors as people. And I think that kind of came across. Um, I, I could tell that the actors and the presenters, they actually wrote their own speeches, you know, when they were going to present an award. And I think the idea was to make them feel more approachable. And they also didn't, they let them speak for as long as they wanted when they received an Oscar. That's what I did notice. Yeah. And yeah. that they, they just said, this is what we're going to do and we're just going to go with it. Yeah. It got old really quickly. Real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Because I mean, half the people you don't really know. No. Yeah. Only if Ricky Gervais hosted it. Yeah. All the, no, they, all the that's another thing. They needed a host. Mm-hmm. All the sure. cinematographers, mm-hmm. visual effects, sound, yeah. like, yeah. you know, hair, makeup, all that stuff. Like nobody like knows. And, and I mean, they should respect, but yeah. in a real world, they don't really care they want to skip to the you know famous actors and yeah it's just just part of it like i mean it's fine they try to do that but at the same time i don't think that in an and especially the intermissions like going and interviewing and talking to them is one thing mm-hmm. but like the speeches and stuff yeah. just letting them mm-hmm. keep going it just turns into like this sideshow thing but i mean to be fair though i mean it's an award show first and foremost so then for them obviously they're not up there for anyone else but themselves to express their you know 
passion and the mm. fact that they won. So I get it. People can get carried away. And, Dude, did uh, they talking about your passion is one thing, but like like ninety well, percent of the, the passion people, of winning, yes. No, ninety like, percent of the people what they talk about in award speeches is like some kind of um, political message, yeah. and and I'm just Nowadays, like they're, they're, that has sure. nothing to do with their passion yeah. in movie making. It's it, it's one. Yeah. There yeah, it's there one. was one speech in particular where um, the guy just said. Uh, he he walked up there and you know had nothing to do with what he was receiving an award for. Um, what he spoke about during his speech had nothing to do with the content that he won, you know, an Oscar for. But basically, he said, like every so often or every day, X amount of people are killed by a police officer. Are you saying, is this like a Joaquin Phoenix kind of deal, uh, or when he was up there when he won an award? No, no, Joaquin Phoenix was more talking about because he went political, didn't he? He was like having a political uh, speech as well, didn't he? Like, yeah. I think that was more about himself, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't see. I didn't, yeah, the one that you're talking about, I thought it yeah. just sounded like it was leading to that. Yeah. I didn't see that one. And say but, what you will about what he was trying to speak about, but he gave no context or specificity to sure. that speech, so it just felt very. Uh, <laughs> it was just his platform for the moment. Yeah. It's like, first off, I mean, it didn't have anything to do with what you were receiving an award for. <laughs> if you made like a socially relevant documentary, I, I can see that. But you completely just like went off on this tangent and then basically used statistics with no specific. context context right <laughs> i think it's just it's a the time and place yeah you know yeah. like message all that stuff is yeah. fine no his it's, message it's, was fine it's yeah, great, it was great but at the same time yeah time and place for it and especially to allow everybody single person to yeah, get to know to, what to yeah. do that Uncut, I just yeah. it, I literally wanted to just yeah. turn it off for those, for those that can't see with the Myron, the way Myron's looking at us like explaining just how he this person had no context kind of makes me think like if he was the video director switcher you know who switches the cameras and saying you know oh, yeah, his, like, his finger will be hovering and twitching I, over no, the I, next I, 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 I would feel like be like he would be like okay let's cut to number two camera yeah. you're, you're hot I'm just getting like reactions yeah. from, from people and the celebrities of how like what are you talking yeah. about cut to Amanda Seyfried's dress just, just cut to her. Yeah. Um, a few other things here. This was really, really odd. They normally end the uh, telecast with best picture. They got that done early and they ended with best actor. And yeah, that's uh, weird. I think no, this is what that's I. It's th- not weird. This is all part of the plan. This is what I think they were trying to do. I think that the people that put on the show, they of course don't know who uh, was uh, going to win. And I think they thought that Chadwick Boseman would win and that his wife would receive the award and uh, it would end on an emotional high note, right? But the problem is <laughs> it ended with Anthony Hopkins getting that award and he wasn't even there. And it just ended and you're just like, wow, that was really anticlimactic. Nowadays for me, it's just it's, it's just a, all a gimmick for me now. I don't know. Like we can talk about like who should have won or, or like who deserved it and whatnot. But at the end of the day, like as you were also bringing up John too, it's like, there's always that, that political or agenda, whatever have you. Right. Like, yeah, I think it's two different things though. Like I still do give Oscars credit for the most part because it's, you know, it's the people who've won and things like that. You got to give these people who've worked in the industry for so many years, um, credit Do do some of them. And, most of them buy into that i hope not but um i think the producers of just making the oscars mm-hmm. producing the oscars and people who win and the voting and that kind of stuff i think is two different things so i think the producers who make the oscars and mm-hmm. pr people push the oscars as a show is one thing hmm. the actual credibility of who wins and things like that i still give um, credit to all right, I'm going to go through some of these uh, awards, uh, award winners here. So uh, Anthony Hopkins, of course, that we just talked about, won for Best Actor. That was a bit of a surprise. If you had your money on Anthony Hopkins, a $100 bet in Vegas would have netted you $700, which is crazy. If you bet on Chadwick, betting $1,000 would have won you $100. That's how much of a frontrunner he was. Right. Right, but he lost. That's, that's just insane, right? Uh, let's see what else we got here. Nomadland winning Best Picture. I don't think that was a big surprise at yeah. all. Nor was uh, Chloe Zhao winning. Uh, Yoon Yeo-jung, which uh, is the uh, grandmother from Minari. Seeing her win, I think uh, we all had a little bit of pride when, when we saw that happen. So uh, uh, congratulations to her. Hey, Kat. Seoul won Best Picture for animated <laughs> feature. <laughs> FYI. Yeah. All right, so uh, uh, a few of uh, the smaller movies that one uh, that I want to bring your attention to. There's a short film called "If Anything Happens, I Love You," which is mm-hmm. on Netflix. Please go check that out. That one for best animated short film, beautiful film. Uh, Will you had a chance to check this out, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It, I mean, so 
let me ask you real quick. Did you find it predictable in a sense, or did you find it like, did you kind of uh, see where it was going halfway through, or did you kind of were you just like speculating and just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, I didn't really care where it was going because I was so invested in it. It was so, so beautiful because mm-hmm. you see a, a married couple dealing with loss and you're not quite sure. Um, what they're grieving over, but mm-hmm. the way that it showed what they were thinking and feeling, basically uh, they had shadows that were basically uh, representations of their souls. Uh, that was something that I've never really seen before. And what they did visually with that was, was, was so beautiful. So that was spot on basically. Yeah. So the, the, the director and the, and the, uh, cre- uh, the people who made this film, and I actually read an interview about that. They said that they wanted to create a story with shadow play, mm-hmm. but to convey an emotion that we can't see. Yeah. So which, I, was, which was, I thought was great. And so the fact that I hadn't seen that before, I was like, oh, okay, um, I, I don't want to guess where this is going because I'm just going to go along for the ride and just appreciate the, the visuals. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really beautiful. So uh, all of you, if you have 12 minutes to spare and if you have Netflix, which is, I'm sure all of you. It's have, only 12 minutes, yeah, people. Go ahead and check this out. But that 12 minutes is, is pretty impactful for yeah. sure. And then uh, another big thing that I want to um, bring your attention to, Sound of Metal won for best sound as well as best editing. Yep. Huge props yep. to uh, that move, that film. It was our number one movie of the year for Will and myself. And mm-hmm. to see it win the technical categories, even though it didn't win for some of the others, uh, it was great to see that as well. Um, yep. And then, uh, yes, just as John was just saying, Cat, uh, Soul won best picture. I guess I made a film, I should say. Hopefully that will put some soul back into her yeah. whole, her black are you, void. Are you, are you saying she's uh, soulless? She's, that's, that's she's, said, she's stated that she has a soulless. She's, she just said that she stands alone. No, she did not. She also said, like, maybe I don't really have a soul. Who knows? No. I don't know. Maybe we have to, re- we have Having to go play back Having a little dark soul is one thing. Yeah. She has a soul. We love you, Kat. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just quoting Kat. I'm sorry, Kat, if I misquoted you then. Mm. then. <laughs> By the way, my octopus teacher... Oh yeah, have you guys seen wow. that? It's no. so good. I saw, saw it I saw it with my son. Oh man. Really? It's amazing. Is it really that good? It's like it's touching. It's Is this animated film? No, no. They want best uh documentary. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a documentary. It's, it's on it's Netflix. Like, Did not know that. When you see it, it's majestic. Like you feel like animal human connection. It's on a different so level. When I watch the trailer, I'm like laughing. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Come yeah. on. It's that it's, unbelievable. You're yeah. like Wow. Well, what's wrong with the trailer? Was it what was comical about it? When well, you watched just it? Uh, it's it's a man befriending an octopus, and he has like an accent, and he basically talks about how he is going to go visit this octopus every day in the ocean, and somehow it teaches him about life. I, I should yeah. say, John. Well, yeah. I, well, I think if if we ever encountered an animal and we spent years um, spending just, time with it, yeah, like and, and and seeing the different and change and things like that, like we, I think there would be some type of change within us too, like definitely learning experience. This is a wild octopus, right? Yeah, straight up in the wild, as opposed to a domesticated like well, on a well, leash. Because, <laughs> but, but, well, because my question is like, how do you know that this person's seeing the same octopus when he goes back there? You know, that, no, no, he's living I, in the same. Um, yeah, it's the same. That that's same. what I was wondering. So, okay. what if it's a different octopus? Yeah, who, how do you know it's not the same octopus? What if it's the, the octopus's cousin or something? Octopi, Octop- octopuses, octopi, octopi. I'm sorry, is that know. the correct term? Yeah. I, my education was very like no, slim. Back I, I know, I, I don't know. Oh, okay, I'm asking you. Salty will again. Just go. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to spoil. Benefit of the doubt. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. No, but I hear that octopus. Okay, this podcast is now talking about octopuses, and that, that's they're fine. They're very I smart. Yeah, they're I heard. Very, they're, I heard they're, they're smart. No, they are. They are. Yeah. But we're, that's not the context that we're okay. saying. Is this the same octopus that yeah. he visits? Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> you just you just want to believe it. Yeah. It could be like fifty it, octopuses. It, it, it could be right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, uh, I'll <laughs> ask Jason. <laughs> okay. So, do they like? Do you believe that the octopus recognizes him? Yes. 100 percent i believe it okay it sounds very like fantasy need, endearing yeah. but with fantasy yeah we need to we need to review Just this documentary all mm-hmm. right all right, right. we'll all right. review it all right that was our little uh talk on the oscars <laughs> and, 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 uh, and and octopuses some, and, and some octopi, octopi and uh <laughs> and short films and uh things like uh chadwick boseman not winning oh he yeah. was amazing, by the he way. He was amazing. I really felt like he just left it on the table. Yeah. I still have to watch The Father, though, because I, I, I just I just have to make sure. Yeah. Well, that, just I, that one scene, you know, for like me, you well, said, I mean, Warren, Warren right. texted us about, like, like, I was blown away. Just yeah. that scene alone. Because there was so much context. Usually, it's like one scene, great actor. You know, it's, it's just you just watched him acting. Sure. But for me, it was just 
the whole context of that one scene that I was imagining in my head, him reacting. And then we saw the script, you know. Yeah. It was one of those videos where they had the script yeah. as well. But and his inter- uh, interpretation. interpretation of that. Yeah. I, I will say, though, he definitely had stiff competition with Riz Ahmed, because even with Riz Ahmed... <laughs> I thought you were going to make a bad joke. He had stiff competition <laughs> you, you with Chadwick Boseman. Ladies and gentlemen, Dude, rigor mortis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, I apologize, everyone, for Myron's... His antics. <laughs> no. It genuinely... Yes. Oh my no. goodness! No, no. All right, moving on. All right. So, uh, but I do want to say this: uh, Oscars uh, played uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday, and uh, record low viewership. So I think, I think record uh, low, record low. Yeah. So I hope oh. uh, that next year, once things are more normalized, I think it's pretty safe to say that we all want it back to normal. I want it back to normal. Please. I think we want life just in general, everything yeah. to back to normal. Yeah. 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 All right, that was our uh, look at the rundown on the latest in entertainment news. We're going to take a short break and come back with a review of Mortal Kombat. Sub Zero. Luke First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. As Mortal Kombat. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we will be looking at the film Mortal Kombat. Here is a look at the uh, synopsis. MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. And uh, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like we already know how you feel about this film. <laughs> well, do you? Um, let's talk about that. Sure. John. How did you feel about this film? I the heights of this film was great. Hiroyuki, Scorpion, and I am Sub Zero. That storyline was amazing. How they did that, I love that they didn't make it campy at all, and just that opening scene. Um, you, you're like, okay, this is gonna be good, because it's they they weren't doing the the '90s yeah. campy Mortal Kombat. They're gonna go for dark story development character yeah. development yeah yeah uh, which which i really which which i really wanted them to go and i saw that the lows were you know it hit kind of on the lows of the mortal Kombat annihilation yeah vibes um I, and and some of the special effects god they still can't get like the outer realm yeah out world like right like yeah. it's just i feel like that's where they said screw the budget on that let's just get scorpion right you yeah. know what i mean like, yeah um, yeah um so the opening i was like, hooked i was like oh man this is fantastic yeah. they're taking yeah. this seriously and i love it when you know if there's source material like you know a video game or a comic book if there are subtle callbacks to it without being too on the nose it's like okay the, the, that's cool that's cool so mm-hmm. you know we know already that sub-zero and scorpion are mortal enemies uh there is a, a moment at the beginning there's this big opening fight scene uh, i don't want to give too much away but basically uh scorpion uh takes out a bunch of bad guys by tying like a knife to a rope and then he's doing his scorpion thing and uh, it just was so cool because it's like, oh, shoot, it's just like the video game. It's yep. like, let us think that. Don't, you know, have him do moves from the video game or say, get exactly. over here. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was just enough where it filled our imagination, yeah. filled the rest in. Yeah. Yeah. But then right after, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so then uh, we, after the opening scene, we cut to uh, Cole Young, who is a long lost descendant of <laughs> Scorpion, who is a, basically a, an MMA fighter and also a very bad actor. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, and then, like, it just comes one after another of just like, what? Okay, this is really <laughs> losing momentum here. Yeah. Sonia. Um, I'm sure she's great in other stuff. Eye candy. Yeah. I'm not really happy with with her in this. Um, And she's kind of like a loser because she doesn't have the... (laughs) She's not a chosen. She's not a chosen one. Apparently, people that are chosen have a Mortal Kombat birthmark. I didn't mind that storyline. Yeah. I I think she played that part well. And then Jax. I feel like there are a million other Jaxes they could have casted that would have been better. Yeah. Right? I mean, I would have been happy with Terry Crews, honestly. Yeah. No, that's not. That's not. (laughs) But honestly, like um, I, I really did enjoy some of the, the other roles. Shang Tsung. I mean, you can't beat the the OG Shang Tsung. I, I finally like that uh, they got rid of a white guy playing Raiden, and then they they brought in the guy from Thor. Yes, I, I, his yes. name escapes me. Um, that was fantastic. Taronobu Asano. Yes, but uh, basically, it really just breaks down to Scorpion and Sub Zero. If yeah. if we just had more of that, I yeah. think it would have been a far better film. I, well, it. That series, if they made a mini series, something that would have been amazing. Um, I had a yeah a, a talk with my wife about it, like it being, you know, the whole campiness and can it be? Can a movie be campy or not? And I was arguing, she was defending it in terms of yeah, there's like a comic certain level of comic book relief that needs to be in a movie like this and things like that. And I was defending it like my take on uh, Mortal Kombat not being as good as it should be with with like logan mm-hmm. movies like the dark knight where they took a comic book um and made it its own thing and and took away a lot of things and and i brought up yeah this is this isn't a comic book this is a video game which you know the subject matter the only comedy really you got was from like characters mm-hmm. you know like Kino. Uh, johnny or, or or uh johnny cage yeah who wasn't even in this film and it's just too much injection of like just trying to be a blockbuster or whatever like mm-hmm. this this thing um, i just wanted when i saw that first opening scene i was like oh why don't they just go dark and why don't they just make it really because it's it's a dark subject matter like mortal kombat is a dark video game you know and um they don't need to really push that and i just feel like you know studios got involved and and just kind of made it all this all this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there really is no tournament. They're training for a tournament. Right. But there's no like tournament overseer that's right. realizing that Shang Tsung is cheating. Right. I, I just don't understand. Kind and then of the, the whole, whole Joe Cole like said, oh, let's make it a tournament. They want a tournament. Let's make a tournament. And so that's how the tournament. Yeah. But it wasn't you know? really a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there are heavy handed moments like that. Uh, I, I did. Well, what did you think of the, the blood and guts and the gore and violence? So the blood and gore, I thought would stay true to like the the arcade Mortal Kombat game that we all know. And if you guys aren't OG as we are when first Mortal Kombat came out, the one thing you have to understand about Mortal Kombat, at least from what I can remember and, and trying to follow the uh, the whole premise of the game itself, is that it, it's a lot of jargon. It's, it's just so random when you have like military people, then you have these fantasy like dragon yeah. Chinese feng shui people, then you have lightning gods. Yeah. and you have, So it, it's just a huge just <laughs> yeah they weren't thinking of of like a coherent plot for a movie that these characters i mean it's all game, video games like that no, at no, that no, time. Yeah. All well, well but yeah. as as you know you guys were saying in the beginning i thought that that was the biggest challenge i thought when they were going to release the new mortal kombat i thought okay um when i saw a seven minute clip of it right like an early release of the intro i thought whoa they really dug deep into create character backgrounds to create some coherency with this storyline of a, of a video game that is just jargon. That's just yeah. random. And then lo and behold, it was basically that later on. I, you know, I, I, I don't remember from the later video games cause as obviously Mortal Kombat came out with so many other um, variants, but the fact that they meet Scorpion Japanese and Sub-Zero uh, Chinese, Chinese. I thought it was the opposite. Even though when I watched the original Mortal Kombat, they don't really 
you know, precisely tell you what ethnicity they are. They're right? all white in the original, which was kind of pissed you me off. You can't tell yeah. though. No, no, but you, uh, oh, okay. From the video game, yes, yeah, Sub Zero is white because remember when he has it without the mask, you see the you see the scar, and he's a white guy. But but Scorpion, um, you don't know. Scorpion's, but Scorpion's Japanese, by the way. Right, right, but I didn't know that. I thought Scorpion was just Asian, but they weren't really specifying what kind of Asian until I saw the samurai sword like from the later games, and I thought, okay, he might be, you know. But I love that they stuck with that, and I love the story where it was going and then once it became the mortal Kombat that we all know and it started to really dwindle yeah <laughs> and kind of go downhill yeah. from there yeah. that's when i'm like okay this is the mortal Kombat that in terms of storyline and what you can do with it i just realized it, they, they still have a hard time trying to figure out a good structure narrative to to give it some meat yeah. well yeah i mean the whole idea, even like a Street Fighter movie, the idea of, of a tournament, like it's kind of like okay, with okay, stakes wait, to it. It's it's a little bit ridiculous. Well, well, yeah. here's the thing, right? You did you love Bloodsport? I love yeah. Bloodsport, right? Yeah. It to me, Bloodsport and Street Fighter, I think that can coincide in in some way better than Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat's so much like it's everywhere. The whole aspect of like the type of people that are part of it and the type of realm and the type of fantasy. It's it's like a amalgamation of all of that kind of together. But with Street Fighter, you you have a, a sense of consistency, I guess, where everyone has a specific type of power. Everyone has a specific type of um, martial arts, right? And not so much really um, military aspect connected with it, like Mortal Kombat, like Cyborg, like or Cabal. I was like, okay, these, these characters are so random to me, but... But it's a video game. Like, that's what I yeah. kind of... Yeah. They should just basically made a Scorpion Sub-Zero movie. I think that would have been pretty damn cool. Mm. All right. So, what's your guys' final review of the film? Two and a half. 2.5. Gosh, this is really hard. Again, I respect you guys' rating. That's that's why it's... IMDb gives it a 6.3 out of 10 out of 73,000. It'll drop. It, it's always higher when it first comes out. Well, I wanted to give it a 3. And because I respect you guys' rating, I didn't know if I should go down or not. Because, like I said, the heights of this movie was really good. And I don't fault, like, the actress for it. The script really, I think, brought it down and just put it at a level where it was trying to go back up um, with the visual effects. And the fights, fights were amazing. I think, like, the fatalities, they did it justice to the video game. Yeah, I'll just give it a three. I think, I think, I think that those achievements were there. Um, obviously, they're going to, it's set up to make... Uh, more films so i hope yeah they do okay got it yeah i give it a two and a half as well had a few good moments and it was watchable and the fight scenes were cool but other than that it was basically just you know eye candy other than sub-zero and scorpion though who was your other favorite character that you loved um i i didn't mind luke king he he was fine i actually liked kino quite a bit he's a little bit annoying but uh it's the best version of Kino possible. There was some, there was consistency with Kino for, even when I because I was like oh the way he's acting is very similar to the uh, previous Mortal Kombat but but better. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I uh, love Kung Lao. He was great. <laughs> All right, that was a review of Mortal Kombat. It is available in theaters as well as HBO Max now. We'll take a short break and come back with a review of the film without remorse. Steve. Senior Chief John Kelly is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field. The only thing he has more than kills are medals. I got nothing left. Their plan is a series of strategic attacks all over the world. We have to respond. I need to be on that team. Lieutenant Commander Greer, you lead the mission. I'm even out the playing field. CIA doesn't support any further investigation into your wife's murder. Got a out the they had no right to take so much from me. No this is a gold mission. Original They know exactly where we've been. They brought that warrant in my house. They're gonna play by my rules now.
No remorse. All right, we are back. We are going to be reviewing Tom Clancy's Without Remorse now. It is about John Clark, played by Michael B. Jordan. He is a Navy SEAL. He goes on the path to avenge his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. Now, we are all, all very familiar with Jack Ryan movies and TV shows. He has been played by multiple actors, including what Chris Pine, John Krasinski, Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin, Ben Affleck. There's a character in the Jack Ryan universe uh, named John Kelly, or who goes on to become John Clark, which is, uh, <laughs> if you're going to change your name, I mean, come on, that that's like basically the same damn thing. But anyway, <laughs> um, he's been, this character that Michael B. Jordan plays in this film um, has been played by the likes of Willem Dafoe as well as Lee Schreiber. Here we see how this man, who is basically a CIA ghost, how he comes to be. Now, uh, I was excited. I read this book a long time ago. I, I, I'm a big Tom Clancy fan. And when I heard Michael B. Jordan was playing him, I was like, "Okay, this should be this should be good." Nice. Uh, saw this last night, and I know we all uh, just watched it recently as well. Will, what did you think of this film? You know, I think it went straight to the point of the situation in, in a good way or bad way. I, I actually didn't mind it. I thought, "Okay, cool. We know what's going on. We know the premise. We know straight up like what, where the film is going to lead, but how it's going to get there, we don't know." Um. The the action sequences, the choreography, I thought was solid. I was actually kind of surprised. I, I went in this actually blindly because when you when when you uh, declared to have this reviewed, I thought, oh okay, Michael B. Jordan. I thought, okay, well that's that. And then I saw Jamie Bell. I was like, oh Jamie Bell's in this, and Guy Pearce. I was like, what the heck? Okay, this is a pretty stellar cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it it had good momentum, I would say, for the majority of the film. I think that uh, the only <laughs> the only thing that really stood out to me that I just had a hard time taking seriously was Brett Gelman, <laughs> who played one of the uh, uh, one of the antagonist characters, right? But I rem- I don't know I remember him being more of a com- <laughs> of a comedian, like he was in the other guys, <laughs> he was in uh, uh, Stranger Things, uh, the, and and he's done a slew of cartoons like as as voices. So seeing him in that, I was like, okay, I I don't know how I'm gonna react to this. But when his scene came up and how serious he was, I was like, what the flip? I have never seen this man act in this way, which was very uh, very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the just the the whole narrative, it was really more so just enjoy the ride semi-predictable but nevertheless it was uh, enjoyable yeah so yeah what did you think john i think it was good i think for i don't um i don't follow tom clancy you know books i don't read books too much honestly yeah. <laughs> i'm a picture person yeah. um obviously but <laughs> he's a photographer guys <laughs> he likes picture books i like picture books they're comic books um yeah, I, I enjoy, but I also played, uh, you know, first shooter video games and I understood and I saw like movies like The Hunt for uh, Red October, if you're, uh, Some of All Fears. Um, I thoroughly enjoy these movies um, of, you know, the, the espionage military um, uh, type of films. And so I went into it, you know, expecting really good um parts of the of that uh yeah it was it was enjoyable to watch the story i think is where kind of um the storytelling i would say um i'll be critical of the director in terms of just just bringing it to life the connect connection and you know john kelly's character um not his character development because i think in, in in that sense it was really good i think michael b jordan personally isn't the greatest um emotional actor um but action star actor i think he's great it it just kind of fell flat where i was trying to connect with him throughout the film and what the plot was bringing forth um so in that sense yeah it's it's more of i was struggling to to kind of finish it because i was like okay this is expected you know and then when he goes into that, that final battle scene and things turn sour and south and 
all that stuff it was like okay this just kind of it's it's not enough there wasn't enough moments of like oh shoot what's going on like mm-hmm. oh is this what's really happening like um yeah but it was enjoyable yeah there was a lot of plot holes for me um in this film um First off, what I really enjoyed, uh, I mean, watching Michael B. Jordan play a pissed off guy, it's generally makes for good cinema. I mean, that's who he played uh, as a Killmonger in Black Panther, basically a guy out for uh, revenge. He does revenge pretty, pretty well. Um, other things, I'm not so sure, even though I am a huge fan of his work, including like Fruitvale Station. In this in particular, uh, I felt like I've seen him in better films that stretched him a little more. In this movie, he's just basically this angry guy out for revenge. And it's satisfying at the same time. It left me wanting more, uh, especially in the scenes with him and his wife early on. Um, I wanted there to be more of a connection. Uh, at the end of the film, mm. there's like a, a mid credit sequence, which is basically setting up, spoiler alert, a series of Rainbow Six movies. Um, John mentioned, you know, he was a, a, a first person shooter uh, video game player. So I'm, I'm sure you and I both played Rainbow Six. You probably did too, right? Well, yeah. I played, yeah, I played Rainbow Six Siege when yeah. that came out. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, I, I mean, there was elements that I loved. I absolutely loved the scene where uh, he is in a, pr- a prison filled with the Russian mafia convicts. Yeah. And uh, basically, he just basically beats up a bunch of uh, prison guards in uh, riot uniforms, which is pretty awesome. That I enjoyed quite a bit, but there was a lot here that I just, I felt it was comically bad. A lot of it had to do with the blocking, the lighting, the directing, almost like even the sets felt like it was out of a B movie. And maybe I was thinking, oh, maybe it's because I'm watching it uh, on a 4K television at home rather than in a movie theater. But the sets just looked built. I I, I don't know. Facade. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, Certain elements like, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan plays John Kelly. He is on a uh, Navy SEALs team, and his uh, team members get mowed down one by one by the bad guys. There's one scene in particular where uh, he goes out, I think, to get the mail and gets ran over by a car. And I'm thinking, you're a Navy SEAL. Did you not see that car coming? <laughs> I, I actually did think yeah. about that. I was like, did you not hear the, yeah, the revving car. engine yeah, yeah, coming yeah. at you? You didn't even look like, yeah. at all. No. Yeah. And then, um, you know, right before... Uh, uh, Spoiler alert, once again, right before his wife gets killed, she tells him, don't stay up all night listening to music. How he's just sitting on the couch like a teenager with his headphones on when yeah. these guys are breaking it. It just looked weird. Yeah. Side note, uh, that's not really a spoiler alert because that's in the synopsis, actually. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, lots of, uh, even the lighting, I wasn't a fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had like this gigantic window, um, you know, right against his uh, staircase, uh, Michael B. Jordan does. And that the lighting in that just looked really fake. Uh, there's blocking, which I just didn't like at all in terms of some of the, uh, the, the way the actors were positioned in, in frame. And none of this is really any of the actors' faults, but uh, it just all kind of just took me out of the movie. Um, I, yeah, I, totally I, I, funny enough, like, as I was watching it, it was the storyline uh, from the synopsis, obviously, it just says he goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder only to find himself inside a larger conspiracy mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I literally was thinking John Wick, but... But a very, yeah. very uh, like yeah. degraded, very degraded yeah. John Wick. Yeah. Because you know it's like, and the fact that he loses his wife, and the way how he goes on this revenge semi rampage, right? I was like, man, you got John Wick who lost his dog. Yeah. And the way he goes about yeah. going on that rampage is just you can't even. It's not even the same. Like. Uh, side note john wick i think will go down as one of the best action movies yeah uh, in in the last i don't know how many years action revenge movies yeah yeah Yeah. but but the fact that it was a larger conspiracy also like in the sense where it came with john wick and as it kind of developed and where it was going who was trying to get rid of him whatever yeah yeah yeah, i just kind of felt like it was like a little bit of a letdown right so in this uh, synopsis it says uh, that uh he finds himself in a larger conspiracy. And that, of course, means that there are certain uh, higher ups that are involved in this. Now, when we were all, when we all saw this film and figured out who the real bad guy was, what do we think of his idea and why he was doing what he was doing? Uh, the whole idea of having a bigger enemy in order to, you know, that, that, that that's better for a country. It, it felt current. Yeah. It felt like it's, it's current right now. Um, you know, country is, feels very divided. Yeah, country meaning United States of America, yeah. um, and so it, I think even even certain parts where um, like Michael B. Jordan in the in the prison scene when he's talking to um, his friend, 
<clears throat> uh, I forgot her, uh, her name, but it's, you know, like the stuff he was talking about, about the state of, of what happened and things like that. Like, um, it, it's, it seems very current yeah. in what's going on. Um, I've, a little bit over, uh, over the top. Yeah. Cause it was like the, the typical bad guy twirling his mustache saying why he's doing what he's doing. But it actually hit home a little bit. It's a, what, what I was thinking was, are you telling me that the, the liberals and the conservatives that hate each other's guts, that we would all like make peace if we had a bigger bad guy? Yeah. I think that's a yeah. really big side conversation. Yeah. But yes, True. yes. Uh, yeah. I, don't yeah. he's, I don't think he's far off yeah. in terms of yeah. the analysis. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's current, yes, but I feel like it's redundant because yeah. it's something that whether it was the Cold War or the Vietnam War or yeah. World War Two, whatever, it's like, it's just kind of seems like history repeating itself, but under a different context. But the whole foundation of what it is, is basically yeah. the same. Yeah. It is the same. It's the history repeats itself because... Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, it's just redundant yeah. to me. You know, as, as it, within the film, I think it was just too over the, over, yeah. like over the top, like heavy handed. Like over the top, heavy handed in the sense that it was something that seemed unlikely, or what do you mean? No, I think it it was trying to send a like a specific message, mm. and trying to tie it within the film of the current event that we're having. Yeah, yeah, and I think Michael B. Jordan, he's he's current within the times, and he's kind of I don't want to say political, but he's 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 you know, um, he's a social advocate yeah. in terms of a person. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, I want to turn you guys' attention to someone that I really loved. Uh, John, you mentioned this character, Karen Greer, played by Jodie Turner-Smith. She was amazing in this yeah. movie. Um, I think she was the best actor, actress in this film. She had such little dialogue, but she had this, like, just an amazing look, this steely gaze, and just, like, is able to convey so much information by saying so little. She's just a badass, and just, like, the way she would walk, she had that scar on her cheek. At the same time, uh, there's a scene where like uh, uh, they go on a mission to go into Russia, and then uh, you know they basically uh, board uh, her and Michael B. Jordan and a group of other men. They board a, a charter plane, which is actually uh, you know holding a bunch of seals for a mission they're about to to, to go on. And then um, you know John Clark, or John Kelly, and Karen Greer they sit next to each other, and they're kind of like joshing each other, kind of like ticked off. And it's like just that little interplay. You know, they go way back that they're that they're homies, and. Uh, that's the kind of acting that was missing in this film because any sort of exposition or backstory, it was told to us. We were, we were told like that. Oh, John Kelly loves his wife. Oh, they're having a baby. Oh, and this, and basically their relationship was the only thing where it's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we pick up on that. We're not being told that they're friends. We just see that they're friends. Mm -hmm. This movie needed a lot more of that. I yeah, like. yeah, completely agree. Yeah. I think she was great in terms of a sounding board and bounced off of uh, Michael B. Jordan's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sound, uh, yeah, and sound and balanced. I feel yeah. like she really brought the balance between the relationship of what was going on that was chaotic for Michael B. Jordan's character. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good balance. I, I really... Uh, I really thought it, it could have been so much better. I think that's yeah, where it, this I movie think, could have been better. Like when just dealing with John Kelly's like like say PTSD or is that is that what it is? PTSD. Yeah. yeah, like the whole his turning from a character because it, I mean he is the main character, like the the guy. So like maybe focusing on like his his turn and his his psychotic like I guess for lack of a better word. Unstable. Um, yeah. Unstability, mm -hmm. as, as uh, the, the agent Greer is talking about. Like, he keeps, she keeps re reiterating to him, like, you're, you're not stable. You're not right. Um, I think they could have delved in more in that and made it more of an artistic film in, in those aspects to make it more of an emotional connection between mm -hmm. what he's going through. Because even in the payoff at the end, when he, like, goes to plays the hero part and rescues a team to to make an uh, an exit yeah. for them I, I just it didn't hit home because i wasn't really completely engaged with him mm. as yeah, a character that's true yeah yeah very yeah. good point you're watching him get out of this and you're like oh that's i could see that that's pretty I, it was cool yeah yeah it was like, cool damn he survived holy cow that's how he got out yeah that, that guy's just improvising as it goes but it's not like we were like yeah, just invested. in his head, yeah. like you feel his his pain, and it is is 
his toughness and what he's went what he's went through yeah like i feel like that could have been explored a yeah. lot more yeah but i will say that sorry you're, you're gonna say something no, I was, no, no yeah, it's, finish yours finish yours because i'm revisit i'm gonna revisit something that you said earlier i will say there are some badass scenes we talked about the scene where uh you know he takes down a bunch of prison guards in riot gear mm-hmm. the other scene is uh and it's in the trailer is uh he's he wants the name of one of his attackers the only one that's supposedly still alive mm, yeah. when, when he sets the car on fire and just oh, gets yeah. in and just like that that was badass i'm like, I'm like damn that's, like he didn't yeah no yeah, pain no, yeah, no pain just yeah. goes in i mean i was gonna say that the one he like that prison scene where he wraps his hand and yeah. things like that and he hits his head yeah. i just feel like michael b jordan now is like redoing rehashing a lot of his previous lo- yeah. roles like creed yeah and kind of those things um i just want him something i i want him to um I, maybe i have high hopes like uh, high expectations i want him to like redo things like set new bars because i'm so rooting for him but yeah like movies like this i just feel like he's just rehashing and there's not nothing really new yeah. to to yeah to taste very good point yeah from uh, his uh, uh nitpicks here in terms of plot holes did we find it a little weird that first off he murders who i believe is a member of the russian embassy or, or an ambassador to the mm-hmm. united states gets sent to prison and uh, basically says, I need you to get me out of here. I have a piece of information to, to tell. And uh, basically, that's what I would have been like, okay, you have a piece of information. Great. Now go F yourself. Go rot in prison. <laughs> but apparently, it's enough to get him out of that prison, you know, onto a mission yeah. going into Russia. A little bit thin. No? Well, at the end, I thought, okay, that was Guy Pierce trying to get him out to, yeah. to do his dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe yeah, I could see that. It's it, a good it, point. Yeah, it's it was it wasn't a too big of a yeah. pothole for me yeah. in that sense. Okay. But to, I mean, to revisit what you said earlier, because there are certain things. I mean, for the majority of the film, as I as I would stated that it was enjoyable. There's just there's just certain things in a film that you just can't forget because of how ridiculous it was. For one, that you said about the whole first uh, Navy SEAL that got ran over by taking out his yeah. trash in the <laughs> middle of his neighborhood. The second was when the second Navy SEAL got shot. Uh, when he was behind the van, you know, yeah, 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 cold-blooded, mm-hmm. but he was stuck in traffic, and you see the van drive off, and I'm like, where are you gonna go? Do you're in traffic, and, it <laughs> oh. cuts, and, then, and then it cuts yeah. to the next scene, and I'm just like, what? Just they're, they're waiting for him to. Was he in like the front of the trop stop sign? Or the no, light? he was in traffic. Like it was bumper to bumper, oh, and, and he was on the phone like, with his wife saying, "I'm so sorry, I'm gonna be late." It's just so many people. Like, what are these people doing? Vans right in front of him, and he's like, "What the heck?" Guy with a mask, pop, 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 dies, gets back in the van, drives about maybe two feet, and I see the brake lights come on, and then the no, scene cuts. That's a good point. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah. If that, it was, that, it could have been like just it drove <laughs> in or somewhere. Yeah. Hit this car there, and no, then I, I looked yeah, at yeah. that scene again. I was like, yeah. unless you hop the sidewalk, there's yeah. it's literally cars everywhere, dude. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's no way for you to really escape, unquote, yeah. unquote, without yeah. being caught. There's a lot of moments here where I feel like they're insulting the intelligence yeah. of, of the audience viewers. Oh, yeah. So like, funny. It's funny. Uh, uh, back on that yeah. is like at the end where, um, you know, Michael B. Jordan's like just going down and just, you know, one, one man show. And like he's taking out all these Soviet uh, agents. I was always like, pick up their gun. He's running out of ammo. Pick up the damn gun. Pick oh, up their AK-7. Yes. What is he doing? Like, pick up the AK-7. He's that was trying a, to get yeah. that little bag. Yeah. I'm just like, you're running out of ammo. Just pick up their no, gun. No, but he, he did it. That was he did it. He, he could have had like double pistol. fisting AK-7s by that time. And I was time. waiting for him to like, reload. I was yeah. waiting. Like, what are you doing with the pistol? Like, yeah. you just killed like five guys that had five AK-7s. Like, like, what are you doing? I'm just like... Oh my gosh! Like, do you play the yeah, games? Yeah. You know, like you you get to pick their weapons. Yeah. Not only that, they're inspiring what will probably be a uh, video movie game. based on a video game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. good point. Um, Taylor Sheridan is one of the screenwriters. He wrote. He's one of my favorite screenwriters working today. He wrote Sicario, Hell or High Water, Wind River, a show called Yellowstone, as well as Sons of Anarchy. I don't know what happened here. I I don't blame him but there were some serious elements that were missing and i think there's some clumsy directing um clumsy interpretation of the script i I just don't know how to quite you know make a decision or conclusion i wouldn't blame what happened honestly it's 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 not it's not one man team you know it's gonna be a lot of other hands so for him obviously he probably did have and i look back at all their films that we've reviewed too i was like maybe there had been hands that basically you know blocked them from 
their comments of yeah. what doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I think, uh, we all are pretty much on the same page that this movie was just, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I mean, yeah. harsh words, yeah. like, like a very, very low grade Bond movie. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, a very low grade Bond. It's like it's a very, very low grade John Wick movie for me, I guess. In a that's sense. it. Yeah. Uh, Born esque as well, just yeah. not yeah. at that level. What about Extraction? Wait, it was it's Extraction, right? With Chris yeah. Hemsworth. Extraction wasn't amazing, but I still enjoy that far oh, more I think, than I this think film. that was far more. Enjoyable. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, final ratings of the film. What say you, John? Two and a half. Barely. Yeah. Mm. Barely. I actually give this one a three. Really? Yeah. Okay. This was a lot more enjoyable, obviously, to watch than... Um... Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because Mortal Kombat was 10 minutes of great intro, Yeah. and it just went downhill from there. Yeah. Extraction, or an extraction, I'm sorry, uh, without remorse, held at least plateaued and kind of kept the consistency yeah. throughout. Okay. Yeah. All right. I give it two and a half as well. Um, missed opportunity. That that would be what how I describe this movie. But that makes sense for you, though, because you're a Tom Clancy fan. You've read the book. So yeah. I know that that for me, it makes yeah. sense for you to rate it that the John Clark slash John Kelly character is one of the most loved characters in, in the uh, Jack Ryan universe. And uh, I feel like they really kind of messed up here. By the way, going back to Mortal Kombat. Did we do we all think that Jax's little like mini arms were, were just hilarious? It's like, <laughs> yeah. what the oh, fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> I mean, he, he, he got his arms ripped off. Yeah. I think at, at the beginning, yeah, it, I think it made sense. And, 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 they were and, trying to get it back and it tied into yeah. the whole finding yeah. your... And then these Shaolin monks have the technology to build them robotic arms. What, like, hey, what it, am I telling hey, you? Listen, it's it's random. It is such it's a It's not jargon. random. It's, it's, it's the comic book. It's a comic book video game There's no comic genre. book. It's just a video game. <laughs> no, it's a video game. It's the same thing. Uh, What's the games? difference between video game and comic books? It's the same made-up world. I thought it would have made more sense if the monks were like doing some type of feng shui kind of like healing. But they were like just like, they, they were doing like, like they were doing like, engineering. Yeah, like, yeah, like, they look like they were doing um, acupuncture. No, they look so like they, they, sense. They look like they dismantled the television. <laughs> they were like, here. I was more I was more upset at John Kelly not picking up those freaking AK okay, yeah, okay? okay. That was, made less sense. Soldering. Soldering and under the microscope of fixing Jackson's arm. But they were monks. <laughs> so we don't have enough metal, so you're gonna have these little twiggy arms. Vibranium. You have to find your uh, what's it called, oh. like their their chi or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. All right, that was our episode. We will be back next week. But until then, we just want to remind you that it's not so much the destination, but the things you watch and experience along the way. Stay safe.